Welcome to episode 22 of Accessible Finance, where we demystify personal financial topics and answer your questions so you leave saying, I get it now. I'm Eric Johns. And I'm Rachel Johns. Let's dive in. All right. We're going to welcome Kathy back. Yes. Hello. How are you? So Kathy was so awesome and such a, a team player um, last time listening to <laughs> us diving into ramble. the weeds a bit. Uh, so we're going to invite Kathy to ask some questions as we talk about topics throughout. Um, so we left off on the last episode talking about the three buckets, right? The taxable account, tax-free account, tax-deferred account. Um, and we talked about the tax-deferred account, you know, Eric, you had mentioned that it constitutes a whole host of different, um, types of plans, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were talking with Kathy briefly before. Um, she had a great question. So we're going to have her ask it on air so that we can answer it real fast. Hit us with it. I just have a question. I, as I'm nearing, you know, I've been through with different companies and they have different IRA plans or investment plans. Mm -hmm. Should I consolidate those, all of those, or should I go to each individual company and let them plan, handle it themselves? What's the benefit of consolidating or leaving it where it is? Great question. Excellent. That's a fantastic question that we should devote episodes to. Love it. Um, love the question. So the answer, the unsatisfying answer is it depends. But let's talk about exactly what it depends on, yes. right? So each 401k plan is different. So that's probably what you participate in if you're with a large private firm, right? It's typically going to be a 401k plan. That's just what happens in America most of the time, right? Anyway, each 401k plan is different. Some might charge you up to 150 basis points, maybe 250 basis points of fees, which is 1.5% of all of the money you have there might be going to them in some way or another. Now the plan admins and while the you're other people that are discussing running. that, what range do you typically see for basis points being charged on plans? On average, I would say somewhere in the like 70 to 90 basis point ballpark. So 70 to 90 is average, which yeah. is again like 0.7 to 0.9%. Percent. Yep. And we're talking like 200. Yep. You're talking two to three times higher than that right. Correct. Yeah. Right. So your 401k could, or some of them are are amazing and they're virtually free mm -hmm. and they have roughly the same options that we would are, would advocate putting you in anyway, which are low cost index funds. Some plans are great. Some plans are not. And there's a huge variance there. Um, so what we would say is first you'd look at your plans, but on average, unless you needed the money, if you were planning on an early retirement and you needed the money between 55 and 59 and a half, then we would almost always say, keep it in the best of the 401ks. Yeah. Try to roll the money into the best 401k because the best 401k, they, the rules between 401ks and IRAs don't differ significantly. The most meaningful difference is that the 401k, if you've separated from service, you're no longer employed there and you need the money after age 55, you're good to go. You can take it. You can, you're going to pay the tax on it, but you can still take it out without a penalty. If you rolled it into an IRA, which is what you'd have to roll it into because I don't need to get into that. But anyway, you roll into an IRA and then you have more autonomy, which means you can, you don't just have, you're not limited by the choices that the 401k has given you. They predetermine a set of funds. Okay. They're supposed to serve as a fiduciary and select a set of funds that would be appropriate for a wide range of investors. But still, it's like 30 options. All right. If you rolled it into your uh, own individual IRA account. Okay. So it's, it would have the same tax treatment again above 59 and a half. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going a little granular here. 
The point is you would almost always roll it into your own IRA because you have unlimited options. There's no limit and there's going to be no additional space. I'm going to have you backtrack a bit because you are discussing IRAs and 401ks without interchangeably differentiated between what Correct. those two things are. Okay. So a traditional IRA, like you can have, you can typically roll a 401k into what's called a rollover IRA, right? Which is going to be, there are about 40 names for a traditional IRA and they all mean the same thing. It just means a tax deferred account. What's the difference between an IRA and a 401k? Very little other than 55, you can have access to a 401k separation from service and 59 and a half IRA. We're assuming they're both tax deferred. We're assuming all of the workplace plans from Kathy are 401ks, correct? I, that is the assumption. That is an assumption. Okay. Or 457Bs or one of the other ones. I'm just, I want to be very There are clear. different rules for each. There are different different rules for each. We're assuming 401ks. So, okay. She's separated from service from a variety of these places. Yeah. She's like, no longer Let's call it 30 401ks. She's okay. got 30. 30 places of business. So, the main takeaway, right, that you had was that if the time horizon of needing the money is... After 59 and a half, if you're not planning on early retirement, roll it into an IRA. You can do whatever you want with it. There will be no inherent fees. There might be fees associated with the funds you pick, but you're picking it. So that would so say like go choice. to all of your workplace plans, the ones that you've, all of those right. 401ks, roll them all into one IRA. Right. And even if you were like, well, one of my 401ks had this advisor on the plan and he was great and I love working with he or, or him or her then you could go to them individually and do it. And they'll probably charge you a rate that's going to be lower than the 401k plus their advice. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can still work with an advisor and they can help you with your IRAs. Um, So you don't have to do it yourself. You you had said that there was a scenario in which you would roll them all into one of the existing 401ks rather than creating a separate IRA and putting them all into this one. You would pick your best of your 401k and say, let's all go there. Correct. When would you do that versus the IRA? If I'm planning, I'm a tech mogul or, you know, I'm working in the tech industry or a very high compensation industry. I'm planning on retiring at age 55. And so I want the money in a 401k and not an IRA because I would pay, if I rolled into an IRA, if I wanted access to it, I would have to either have like a 72 T election, which don't need to get into substantially equal payments. Not fun. But main takeaway, if I'm retiring pre 55, pick your best. 401k option of the 401ks you have. Agreed, but some are going to have restrictions on rolling money in. It's probably going to have to be your active 401k. Okay, so if my active 401k plan is great, then we're really happy. And if, if it's, it's terrible, great, we're pretty upset and might want to consider doing something for four then and a half. We may years. even think about that. Yeah, no, okay. okay, got it. Good to know. Thank you. So for Kathy's situation, sorry, very long winded response. Let's say Kathy's not a tech mogul. Okay. And so Kathy's probably not looking to retire at 55. Got it. So we're looking like the advocacy here would be to put it all into an IRA. Roll them all into traditional IRAs. Yes. Okay. Tax deferred IRAs. Yep. Okay. Great question. That, that would absolutely be able to be a standalone. Episode. Yeah. Oh, I could talk about. Oh, man. We saw. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize, listeners. No, I think it's a really I like good this question. Stuff. That's a good question. Um, so, Kathy, did that make sense to you? Are there any questions that you have? Yeah, to any follow ups? It does. It's just. Uh, I just have to contact them individually and have them do it. Are there certain forms I can just send them or do I need to contact the HR and have them just. More good questions. Usually you will have to call them. It depends on the custodian. So um, the custodian is like Fidelity, Vanguard, Guav. Some of the custodians are difficult to contact. Mine was Voya was one yeah. of them that was really. So I actually slight segue. Um, I had one from a previous place 
with Voya and Voya definitely had a large um, like management fee. And it took so long that it was, I mean, it wasn't an active place anymore. And so like the funds just continued to be siphoned off as oh, they were no. managing it. Um, and so we were finally able to roll it over, but like, even on the letters that they sent, there was no account number on it. It was impossible to find. So they're definitely not all created equally. Correct. Um, but you are certainly entitled to being able to do that. Yes. And as far as how you do it, you typically will call them. Yeah. So like if it's a fidelity, you'll call fidelity, say, Hey, I want to roll over my 401k into a uh, rollover IRA. And they'll say, okay, where? And you'll say, you know, Schwab or wherever you're going to be Vanguard. And then they'll tell you, they'll, they'll usually mail you some forms to fill out. Um, and then you can request, you know, a distribution check. Fidelity makes them mail the check to you. Some institutions will do a custodian to custodian rollover. You don't need to get super granular there, but like usually it's reaching out to your custodian. Mm. Usually that's the answer. Gotcha. Very occasionally you can, no, don't need to go into it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank so you. Start by calling. Love it. Yep. Um, all right. So I think the next one we had was discussing, you know, again, Harking back to kind of some of the buckets we were talking about, um, there were two different IRAs we discussed, the Roth and the traditional. Um, and so oftentimes the question is kind of what's the difference? We touched on it a bit in the last episode. Um, Kathy, do you remember anything about the difference between the Roth IRA versus like your uh, traditional? I believe the Roth IRAs, I've already paid taxes on it and it's sitting in a spot where the government, as long as I follow those all their rules, it will stay there and I don't have to pay taxes again when I pull it out. But the, exactly right. but the tax deferred, it's holding it for me, but when I pull it out, I'm going to have to pay taxes on it. That's right. exactly correct. Um, so Kathy kind of crushed that one. Do you remember the benefit on the front end for the tax deferred? Why would you do that? It depends on your tax bracket, I imagine. If my tax bracket is going to go lower in the years, which, you know, I'd rather go higher, but when I retire, hopefully it'll go down. Um, then I want to be in the lower tax bracket, and that's when I want to pay the taxes on it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the front-end benefit is you will reduce your taxable income by the amount you're contributing to this tax-deferred account with the um, you know, the premise that you're going to pay that later, mm -hmm. right? I think best way to really highlight what those look like in practice is to essentially do like a hypothetical, let's say there's $100,000, right? Um, what does it look like if you put that hundred thousand, um, let's say for hypothetical sake that we can put a hundred thousand into a Roth okay. right now. So we put a hundred thousand dollar into traditional, we put a hundred thousand dollar into a Roth. What does that look like? What are the differences? Um, do I have time for a spreadsheet? No, absolutely because not. <laughs> it's exactly the same if you're in exactly the same tax bracket, um, with exactly the same earnings expectations at both things. It's actually not because 100K in a Roth is better than 100K in a traditional Correct. because you have to pay the tax on the traditional when you take it out and you don't for the Roth. Correct. The, way the, the way the comparison typically works is you'll take $100,000 of gross and then you'll put the whole 100,000 in a tax deferred, okay? Or you'll put like, I don't know, 70,000 in a Roth because you're assuming 30% tax rate. So- does that make sense at all? Yes, but we're not we're not doing that. So okay. that is very deep. Like I well, you asked. I, I'm asking a hypothetical <laughs> refusing to do. So you have a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, Roth is better, hundred percent. Okay. But Full we stop. haven't even I want you to walk me through start to finish what that looks like so that we can highlight what those differences are. Okay. So I put a hundred thousand dollars into a 
like I ha- I'm getting a hundred thousand dollars and putting into a tax deferred, like or my traditional IRA, right? Got it. Okay. What does that look like as I'm putting the amount of money in, right? Your taxable income is going to be reduced by the hundred K, although that's way above the contribution limits. You can't really do that. But assuming you could. Okay, fine. We can do ten thousand. Does that All make right. you happier? A little bit, yeah. Okay. We're doing ten thousand then. We right. okay, so I have ten thousand dollars. So when I go to file my tax return, uh-huh. Okay. I can reduce the income I'm claiming by $10,000. Yes. Beautiful. So oh, if goodness. instead of making $100,000 this year, I'm now making 90000 That is correct. Okay. So it might make your bracket change too. Though. That's the idea. Correct. So if I'm contributing to a tax deferred account or my traditional IRA, right, then I'm able to, in theory, right, lower my um, tax bracket. So I'm reporting 90,000 of income, this 10,000 is in tax deferred, okay? Let's say this $10,000 has grown, it's been in there for, I don't know, five years. Okay. So give me a rough estimate as to how much you think. 15. 15 years? No, we think it's 15,000. Oh, okay. You said five years. Yes, five years. So my $10,000 that I put in is now $15,000. Okay. I'm ready to pull it out. Okay. I'm, I've met all of the requirements. I was we're say, not are diving. You and a half? Yes, or we're not diving into that. Enough? Everything's good. There's Can no we penalties. start talking about disability no, for some purchases? We've met all of the all requirements. Right. Okay. okay. So my traditional IRA reduced my income. Yep. I put my ten thousand dollars in. I waited my five years. I've got yes. fifteen. I take the fifteen out. I have to pay tax on fifteen. Fifteen thousand. Correct. Okay. Yes. End of hypothetical. Okay. Got it. Now we're doing our Roth. Same position. $10,000. I'm putting it into a Roth. Okay. My income was 100000 Yep. My income I'm reporting is? 100000 100000 Because it does not reduce my income. Not so it's not going to change my tax bracket now. Right? Mm-hmm. So when I put the $10,000 in, I'm paying tax on? What? $10,000? $10,000. Correct. So I'm paying tax on the $10,000 that I put in. When you put it in. Correct. I didn't pay anything on that tradition, Right. It's in there for five years. It has grown to $15,000. So now I'm ready to take it out and I pay tax on zero, nothing. So it's a matter of, are you going to pay tax on the 15 later? Or are you willing to pay tax on the 10 now and then get the 15 later for free? So there's a lot of um, reasons to be able to have your investments in all three of those different types of buckets so that you can access funds in each of them as it fits your situation. There's a lot to go into. We've had episodes on why you would do Roths and it's better for inheritances and it'll help to offset high tax years. So like basically like if you had like a, let's say a pension of like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, and you're in the like 22% tax bracket or 24% tax bracket, and then you needed or wanted, I guess, not (laughs) nobody really needs this, but maybe you you need it or wanted to go buy a yacht, okay, of like two or three hundred thousand dollars, and you don't really want to just if you rip that all out of a tax deferred account, you're paying an additional tax of two or three hundred thousand dollars. So then your tax bracket is going to go way up, and you're paying some thirty percent tax. What you might want to do is only pull out enough to put you at the top of the twenty four, and then take the rest from a Roth account, so you don't have to pay tax at the higher rate. Yeah. It's important to note that historically, like you know, if we're talking twenty thirty years ago, or whenever Roth started to become like a thing that people talked about, it was definitely initially marketed as a thing for the like the youth, right? You're just starting out, your tax bracket's the lowest that it's going to be. So you're 20 something, like put your stuff into a Roth. That's great. But once you're an established professional and you're at the height of your career, like a Roth, you don't want to be paying it there. Um, and so 
that conventional wisdom, I think, has kind of gone by the wayside as people have really delved into how beneficial it can be at all phases of your life as long as it's correct utilized. It's just it's just it's just an excellent tool to have yeah. access to. It's yeah. a fantastic tool, and you just need to know when to use it. Yeah, and there's a lot of granular planning that that surrounds Roth IRAs and, and Roth conversions and I everything like that. else. But again, Kathy, when uh. The initial question started with what's the difference between the two? You nailed that. Yeah, killed it. Absolutely <laughs> killed it. That was amazing. You taught me. <laughs> that, that's really impressive. And I would say that the majority of people out there don't even know that um, a Roth exists, much less what it is or what right. the difference is. Correct. Correct. I agree with that. And the higher the money, the bigger benefit. <laughs> Correct. For sure. For sure. And then the longer the time horizon as well. So like in my hypothetical, we were five years. So we went from 10 to 15. If we're able to put stuff in and keep it in for 15, 20 years, then that difference becomes astronomical. Because if I'm my tax deferred and my 10,000 grows to 30,000, when I take it out, I saved paying taxes on 10 initially, but I'm now paying tax on 30. But for the Roth, I paid tax on 10 and I'm getting this 30 on the back end out for free. I mean, so the time horizon there is, is really, really great. So it's one of the last, if not the last area that we would advise clients to touch because you're getting that tax-free growth. So the longer it's in there, the better you are. Correct. Uh, so the next question that we're looking at is, um, you know, as we're talking about different retirement plans, should you take advantage of every penny of a company's match? In our retirement, I would think definitely yes. It's free money to me. I mean, if you, it's as long as you can live without it, I don't have to have it for to meet the expenses. I would think it's it's a gratis. I accept all gifts. <laughs> that is exactly correct. Smart woman, Sorry. perfect answer, hundred percent. Yes, nailed that. And I think you know we talked about this, Eric. Like in the profession that I'm in, you know, I think that um, it's pretty clear that. Educators tend to be woefully underpaid, and I will stand on that soapbox um, for the end of time. But typically, you'll have you know people that I work with who will say, you know, I can't contribute the full, you know, five percent to get the full match because you need it for groceries. Yeah, I need it to live. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, in one of our previous podcasts, we even talked about like rip it out, pay taxes and penalties. You're still ahead. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're pulling it out pre. Um, retirement ages, you still end up with more than you would have had if you didn't invest it in the first or match it in the first place. Right. Um, so even if you're talking about a 50% match on like the fourth and fifth percent, it's still a match that should be taken. Yeah. Secure Act 2.0, just briefly. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> sorry. No, you um, allows for hardship withdrawals as well. They're small. I think it's like a thousand dollars. And they have to pay oh, it back before you take it out. But they did, they did allow for that. So. I believe, yeah. That's, so there, that's, that's definitely something worth look into that. Yeah, if you're really in dire straits. Yes, Google that or talk to. Well, chances are, if you're in dire straits, you may not be working with a financial. That is correct. Professional, but many of them have like uh, free, you know, one-time consultations yeah. or like discussions. So, yeah. Right, sure. Give us a call. We'll talk to you about it. Yeah. Um. Okay. This is a great one, especially as we're, you know, just hitting the um. The new year. Um, what should you do with an end of year bonus? That's a really what do you think, idea. Kathy? What do we do? What are her options? Can we at least give her a multiple? No, choice? no options. She has to tell us. Can I spend it on family? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy would likely spend it on grandchildren. That seems accurate. Yeah. If I could, probably the wise move would either um to probably put it into 
add it to the savings either the if i could get it into the tax deferred that'd be great i don't think i can get it into tax free could i you could i mean you can make a Roth contribution or you can another point to make about the differences but well it's also it's different great, we but, can get to it a bit and also different amounts i mean i don't think yeah. my amount of, of bonus would be equivalent to somebody else you're not talking you know, hundred thousand bonus. Right, 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 right. That'd be kind of nice. The, though. the massive CEO wonderful. bonuses. Yeah, that would be wonderful. But yes, the answer is you could get money into a Roth as long as you have dollars in an IRA. You can always do Roth conversions. There aren't really restrictions on that. Yes. To make Roth contributions, there are income restrictions and earned income restrictions. Like you have to have earned income, which is essentially wages, right? And and you have to. Um, I'm sorry, I just put it blank. But but yeah, you can. There are no restrictions on Roth conversions. Yes, but so if, income if and you haven't income. contributed to a Roth. What do you mean? Like you talked about Roth, like conversions. Yep. What if um, Kathy is in a position where she's got a bonus and does not have a Roth account at all? You can and make she, a Roth. That's what I'm saying. So that could be the Roth contribution. You could do that, sure. If you're under the income threshold. And if you're not under the income threshold and you have money in an IRA and you want that money into a Roth, you can just do a conversion. Correct. So like there are definitely end ways and creative ways to get things into a Roth. Um, so definitely worth talking about. But like for the end of your bonus, it again, seems like it's something that would be very situational and depend upon the individual's circumstances. Right. Um, but being able to get it into somewhere where it's working for you. Yes is really important. I mean, um, Eric's been on the soapbox a number of times about the anti-cash stance. Correct. Um, so I think that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that you would say that would be like the worst thing to do. Which is oh, like, just deleting your checking account? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. correct. So just pile it into like a cash and just sit there. Absolutely agree. Okay. At least invest in a money market. Yes, I like endorse that, yeah. that position. Yeah. No checking account. Okay. Your checking account should be a few months that you're comfortable with. And that's it. Everything else should be in generating some sort of interest, mm -hmm. whether it be savings account, money market, whatever, yeah. high yield savings. So it sounds like Kathy nailed that one too. Yes, absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Kathy's crushing it. We need to bring Kathy back. Yeah. <laughs> you got any questions for us, Kathy? Hit, hit us with something. Hit us with something hard that you think you'll stump us. <laughs> I feel like you need to Try give to Kathy make us prep fail. time. <laughs> exactly. You got to give her some study time. You had really good questions, like what to do with an inheritance. That's it was a good really question. good. And the multiple... Um, like varied workplace retirement plans. Yes. That's Those a question people. that most people have that I, I didn't even think about. Yeah. That hasn't act. That's a question I think that, I mean, the majority of people have worked in more than one place. Right. And so it may be a question that they have, but don't even realize that it's right. relevant to them that yeah. they do have. I mean, it's, I would imagine there are a number of people who have varied workplace things scattered about that they don't even realize belong to them. Do you remember what the answer was, Kathy? To the what yes. do you do when you have very 401ks? If you have a if you're in a solid 401k, you're presently in solid one, consolidated to that one. If you're not, then consolidate to the strongest one that you think. I agree with the 55. Or okay. if you think it's 59 or later, just roll it into an IRA. Yeah, and then that. you have complete autonomy, and there are typically going to be no fees if you're with mm -hmm. Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, one of the low cost brokerages. I recommend doing that with the guidance of like, chances are that. The majority of people don't feel very comfortable doing that on their own. So doing it with the, the guidance of a of a financial advisor or financial planner. Oh, well, I'm going to check with you before I do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. So from a self-serving perspective, I mean, I love, I, I agree. <laughs> and it certainly doesn't, doesn't hurt ever to work with a planner. But um, I would say if you call the custodian 
and you're comfortable doing that, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you can make it happen. Well, I think they most will people help would you. be comfortable rolling it into an IRA, but as far as how to set it up and make sure it's invested in all the appropriate right, things and right. the selections, I think would the be. The selections are, yeah, that's where it's exactly. going to get. Correct. You I might, it might be daunting. Fair. Yeah. That's, it can be I really overwhelming because the IRA it. options too are going to be more expansive mm -hmm. than what you've seen in Correct. It's, traditional. It's virtually form. limitless. Yeah. If it has a ticker, you can invest in it, so in it within an IRA. In order to make sure you're not making investments that are either just unwise or don't match your risk profile, correct? that's where it's a really good time to, to meet with your financial person. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kathy. Yeah, thank thanks you for a lot. Having me. This was great. I learned a lot. Thank you. All righty, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow and review the show. And if you have any topics you would like discussed or financial problems you'd like solved, reach out to us at podcast at equilibriumfp.com or visit our website at equilibriumfp.com. Until next time. All righty. Thanks.